Our second scripture reading comes from the gospel according to Luke, and uh, today I'm going to read from the message translation. The apostles came up and said to the master, give us more faith. But the master said, you don't need more faith. There is no more or less in faith. If you have a bare kernel of faith, say the size of a poppy seed, you could say to the sycamore tree, go jump in the lake, and it would do it. Now suppose one of you has a servant who comes in from plowing the field or tending the sheep. Would you take his coat, set the table, and say, sit down and eat? Wouldn't you be more likely to say, prepare dinner, change your clothes, and wait table for me until I've finished my coffee, then go to the kitchen and have your supper? Does the servant get special thanks for doing what's expected of him? It's the same with you. When you've done everything expected of you, be matter-of-fact and say, the work is done what we were told to do, we did. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So looking around the sanctuary today, you can see that we've got some special arrangements. We've spent a bit of time this week making sure that the table is prepared. And by the way, we are going to do it in a unique way, and I will give you prep later for it. But we also had some hurricane prep. Now again, like I said, it could have been my Uh, my continued Yankee streak, but my first major hurricane that I had to wrestle with, I thought, we should probably do a little extra work around the church. So, you know, we started in the week, we bought some plastic sheeting for the sides here because, you know, our windows have varying degrees of leakiness. And so, you know, when it was a foot of rain, we thought "Eh, that might not be so good for uh, trying to clean up the carpet. So we put some stuff down. We added some foam backer rod to places where there's gaps in the doors. We just made sure that we did everything we could to keep it as safe as we could. And then on Friday, as we were kind of through the worst of it, we figured it was time to go ahead and get everything back in order, right? We could have done it this morning, but it's already a lot of work, so why don't we just do it Friday? So I sent a group text out to the session, and about half of the session was available that time. It's one of the nice things about working with people who are retired or working with folks that might have their own business, a lot more flexibility. So about five folks came to help me. And as we were starting to put things away, lo and behold, we see over there in what's now our front door, a family, four folks sitting there waiting. Now, at first I thought, you know, it is a free country. People are allowed to stand wherever and sit wherever. So I didn't think too much of it. But then one of our session members went and go to check on them. And what we found out is they didn't speak any English. And most of us, our Spanish is passable at best. So we had some effort communicating with them. But over time, we did get to know them. And this is what we found out, that they were a family with children of ages of 10 and 8, and that they had left Medellin, Colombia, in early September. They had just managed to arrive in the U.S. in the middle of the month. Now, they had surrendered themselves to Border Patrol in Laredo after crossing the border, and they found their way into Jacksonville because they had some family here. And in order to be released, if you're, if you're apprehended by the, border, by the Border Patrol, you need, in order to, have, to basically be on parole, to have family in the country, and so they did. However, when they got here, they told us, that family had put them in a position where what meager funds 
that they were able to gather and some construction work was given in total to them, in essence, setting up a labor trafficking situation. So the fact that they couldn't actually continue to find a home for themselves meant that they had to leave the one family that was there for them. And so what they had to do now homeless is try to find, with what little money they had, a place to stay. So they were in the Scottish Inn down the street at Phillips Highway, and now they were looking for help. They were looking for food and water and clothing. And while we found out later that they had gone to multiple churches on their way, you know, there are a few churches between Phillips Highway and Hendricks Avenue before they came to our door. Even some, according to them, had people there who refused to open the door for help, which is mind-blowing to me. And if you want to know everything that's made me upset about this situation, that's the thing. We should not have been the first church that opened its doors, but you know what? That's what we thought we should do. Isn't that what you do? You welcome the stranger and the alien in your midst? I think I've heard that somewhere. And so we did what you're supposed to do. We just got to work. A couple of the members here, session members, they went over to the beautiful Publix across the street and they bought lunch for the family. Another member of the session called Catholic Social Services. They also had a neighbor who worked for Homeland Security so we could understand a little bit more right at that moment what's going on, what the situation is. I had called Sarah Mitchell at UCOM to find out, okay, can you tell me a little bit more? I called Cindy Caldwell because I know she does work with advocacy and so I'm like, Cindy, I I need help. I I need to understand what's going on. And so one conversation led to another, right? That's networking, not just for LinkedIn anymore, right? Before long, we had connected with Sylvia Almond, a woman in this community who not only is a missionary, but does exactly this kind of work. She helps individuals who have moved into the country and are trying to understand what the next steps are for them to be stable and secure in this country. And by the time the four hours were up, because I thought this was going to be a 20-minute activity on Friday, y'all. I was like, it's a little bit of plastic and some pew cushions. I don't have to do much work. But I got home exhausted by about 4.35 o'clock. By the time that four hours were up, we had managed to extend the stay in the motel that they're in for another couple weeks. We started the process to start thinking about more stable and affordable housing and started to build other connections. And I know that there are members of the session, folks who are here today, that have visited them even since Friday to check in on them and care for them. Tomorrow I have follow-up conversations with folks with Catholic Social Services, with Lutheran Social Services, with Sylvia Allman. We've got more conversations and more support in the coming week. That was our Friday here at South Jacksonville Presbyterian Church. And I've wondered since Friday what Jesus would say to us given this situation. I think Jesus would say two things in light of this text today. I think the first thing Jesus would say is he'd say, see, I told you so. You know, when we talk about faith, we treat it as if it's only a personal relationship, right? As if it's a sort of dyad between us and the heavenly above. That if I have faith, then I've got a really good one-on-one relationship with the dude upstairs, and that's all I need to worry about 
with faith. But I think that can hurt us in the long run, especially if by connecting that individual personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if we connect that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to faith and pleasure, if we connect that personal relationship to, hey, you know what? It's amazing that Ian dipped a little south and saved us. Again, I don't think Fort Myers prays less than Jacksonville. But if we connect faith with pleasure, faith with good circumstance, if that's all we do in faith, then if we don't feel good, then something's wrong with our faith. Clearly, we have not done the thing we were supposed to do. Yet, if instead in this text we see that faith is a concept that is oriented towards outward action, we can witness the power that it has. Jesus does not say here, well, you know what? If you have the faith of a mustard seed, your prayers will actually get to the A list and God will get to them first. No, what faith does is it tosses sycamore trees into rivers. It has outward action that projects into something else. Our work Friday here at the church was a mustard seed of work amidst the issues around immigration. And listen, y'all, if there's one place that suddenly we've got a lot of interesting discussion about immigration, it's Florida. And I know we will have very different opinions about what we should do. I mean, I've had some of those conversations with y'all about what our governor did. What did you think? And we have different opinions. That's fine. But when the foreigner or alien is on our doorstep, a simple mustard seed act of faith can move mountains. And for a group of people, those of us there that were trying to just get the sanctuary back to normal, and that family, I do think mountains were moved. Certainly, I am not the same person today as I was two days ago. Perhaps then, Jesus taught us something new. And it might have been a simple, small action of providing food and care and love for people we just met. It was a mustard seed moment for us. So I think the first thing Jesus would say in light of a circumstance like that is like, see, I told you so. Good things can happen. I think the other thing Jesus would say in light of this text is, okay, what's next? What's next? The second part of this passage reminds us always of the tasks in front of us. Again, if we connect faith with just pleasure, with just good experiences, with good vibes, with showing up and having our hands raised and being like, praise Jesus on a Sunday, and that's it? What do you do with a day like Friday that I know left me personally exhausted? If all we do is we think that faith is pleasure and joy and satisfaction, we might lose the tasks 
that are so often in front of us. Even this worship day, this liturgy, the root of the word liturgy, liturgia in Latin is the people's work. It comes from the idea of building the aqueducts in Rome. The important work of sustenance, life-giving work. And here's the thing. This life-giving work for us and for them might want to give us cause to think that we had done something special. I mean, it was hard for me on Friday not to want to pat myself on the back a little bit and say, way to be a good pastor, right? I put this on Twitter and I got 30 likes. Like, that's the most likes I've gotten in a long time outside of getting a bagel shop in San Marco, which is incredibly important and should happen. (laughs) But listen, people thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I might think that I'm a pretty special pastor having cared for people in Colombia. We as a church might feel pretty special because you know what? There were other churches who didn't do it. But in the midst of that, we could then be tempted to think that our work is done. Because we did good and we looked good and it felt good, we can kick our heels up and take a rest. But what are the implications of that kind of rest? If we just do one little good deed and we say that we're done, well, for both our faith, because then we no longer get to see any more mountain-moving moments, it's diminished. And for the world who does still need help, as much as I'd like to think that is the only Colombian family in Jacksonville that does not know where they're going to find a home, I'd like to imagine that would be pretty naive. If we feel too good about our work and we think that we're done, we lose the chance to actually have our faith strengthened. So yes, we feel good. In the same way we feel good after a strenuous run, after getting your maximum in a bench press or at a squat, you feel really good and then you feel sore the next day. Then a couple days later, you feel even better. And you push yourself a little bit more. You run a little harder the next time. You meet the next goal. You keep going. We don't stop until we're done. We don't stop until we can cross everything off of our list. And dear brothers and sisters, the good and the bad news is that the spiritual rest, where we can kick up our heels and say we've done all we could for faith, is likely not going to come for a long, long time. So the question ought to be for us today, as we have a World Communion Sunday where we think all around the world, people are celebrating this meal that reminds us that they will come from north and south and east and west and feast at this table. Jesus Christ bringing the sinner and the broken one and the one that was too inconvenient to be at this table at the center of it and to eat their fill. 
do we do with this? Well, I, I think at the end of the day that we do the work and we don't panic. We've got a lot of work ahead of us, dear church. Good work, faithful work, healthy work, joyful work, but hard work. It's so easy to give in to panic and to fear and to say, well, I can't, I can't do anything here. This is too much. This is too much. As if like somehow we had to have anything more than just a mustard seed of faith to get us anywhere moving forward. But, you know, when Christ shows up on your doorstep, as Christ does more often than we give him credit for, you just go and do the work that needs to get done. And when Jesus shows up again next week, you go and do the work. And when Jesus shows up the week after that, you go and do the work. You stop worried about how you can pay for it. You stop worried about how will it be done. You stop worrying about what will it look like politically if we care for immigrants. Because that's not the point. When Jesus shows up on the doorstep, you go and you do the work. Because in the end, the panic, the diversion, the distraction, the everything else that goes after not doing the work, that's not faith, friends. It isn't. But real faith, the one that moves mountains, the one that can tell trees to take a hike, to go jump in the river, that faith is realized in moments like Friday. It's realized every single moment that we have to take one step forward in a really complicated, difficult situation because you know what? There's Jesus beside us and with us and in front of us. That is where faith is. And so, dear brothers and sisters, as I have been prone to say over the last couple of weeks, if we don't do it, who will? Let's just go do the work. Thanks be to God.